you're saving lives by not supporting these companies because then eventually if one person hello one person plus another person plus another person plus it's like my lines it can have a big impact it's just one dot but one dot after one dot after one dot makes a whole line can make a sentence can make an image can make art and affect people so being one vegan living my life and maybe influencing another person to become a vegan you know it's just every day to still continue to make that choice to still do what you think is good even if no one's watching amazing yay yay so <laughs> we're here we're here we made it we're in the west village at snow tattoo oh god i don't even know where we are Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is so exciting to be here. We met a few months ago at this PETA event where you were doing amazing tattoos for people to speak up about animal testing. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that event was? Yes. So that event was me tattooing paw prints on people's ears to create awareness about what actually happens to beagles and how moving forward people that get these tattoos when asked they can also share a little bit of information about it and again spread more awareness so we were filming cave light films the film company that i work for we were filming the event and as soon as i saw you i was like this girl it has she is the coolest oh person i think i've ever seen in my life you're a singer you're an artist you're an actress and model as well and you're a compassionate vegan and i was like you know what i want to hear your story and i had to have you on the podcast thank you so much so thank you for everything that you do talk about the first time you picked up that pen to the paper how did you discover your passion for art okay yeah that's a really good question um I've always loved creating things whenever I would do something it would make my mom really happy I also felt like I knew things ahead of my time I thought that I could figure out writing for example I think this is also significant in why my expression is wow this is like a breakthrough actually <laughs> why my expression of like the first time I'm actually talking about it and sharing it with your audience or with an audience because usually I'm listening to my clients and like hearing their stories mm -hmm. um but yeah when I was a kid I thought that my I could figure out how adults would write cursive because mm. it just looks like a bunch of scribbles but when like I would see I would observe and see how like they could read it like what is that so I remember one time I wrote a letter to my mom <laughs> and I just wanted to test out my powers <laughs> and I asked her to read it and she read it she read it she said of course I can read it because my mom she used to play with me she used to like she was like my best friend so like that's like really who they they just their personalities kind of like helped me be me <laughs> kind of she would she said yes of course like she would play with me she would be like yes of course I could read it and she read it of course it said mommy dear mommy I love you so much love Sarah of course it said that but like she read it and ad, as a kid like thinking that I could write like thinking that a bunch of scribbles could actually send a message to somebody or somebody could feel something from my scribbles which is kind of what I do now from like my lines. Um, a, lo a lot of people say that it has a lot of energy to it. So I feel like maybe her the belief that I could actually do it at a young age, like, because I did really did. with my full heart, like say that in the scribbles and she read it. <laughs> so I think that that's like a 
That is such a beautiful, <laughs> crazy story. Beautiful story. It's almost as if every single day your mom lives through you with this art. From what you described, it feels like part of what you're doing is for her. Yeah, actually, kind of, I think, because I think so. Yes, definitely, definitely, because I know that she's always watching mm-hmm. or like even if maybe some people might not like believe in that idea, like still everything that I did made her happy. So I just going to keep keep doing that, you know. And that's so beautiful that you have all of these incredible memories with her and of her. I lost my stepfather at the age of 13. And so, you know, losing that parental figure, it really, it changes you. And I think part of part of it is you can look at it as it's making you stronger. Yeah. Because from that moment on, you had to learn to fend for yourself. Yeah. Talk about moving from the U.S. and what happened after your mom passed away. Yeah. So after my mom passed away, oh I gosh. really felt... Yeah, we were kind of, I was kind of thinking about it earlier, like, yeah. Um, it was very difficult because, it was very challenging because I remember, so first my dad passed away first. Mm. Um, and he uh, jumped into the Hudson River and I didn't know until I came back here to America. I thought, because they wouldn't tell me, they told me that, oh, he got into a car accident. Oh, he got a heart, heart attack. Mm. I guess there was even like a in my head a story where like I just put them all together all the excuses that he had a heart attack while driving <laughs> crashed his car and fell into the drowned because mm-hmm. there was also one thing where he drowned but I didn't know like what mm-hmm. what it was so when when I found out that he passed my mom of course had to tell me because he wasn't showing up for Christmas and he wasn't showing up oh my for God. my birthday and <laughs> so I was just like I guess one day I was just like, where is he? And snapped and just was like, where's, my, where's daddy? You know? And then I remember her telling me that, you know, uh, you know, he's gone. Mm. And then I thought, oh man, my dad was my protector with my dark hair growing up <laughs> back in the day where it was more racist. I had to go through like, I remember being in play, play places and like mm. being attacked because, oh, she has dark hair. yeah there like there was also that part of like racism that I did experience with my mom who was you know Filipina and your dad was American. yeah my dad was American um and he would be like like he was our protector yeah so when I found out that he was gone I felt like oh man no I have to be the protector because I'm like yeah oh sorry no no it's okay it's a a I mean I'm getting like choked up and it's a really intense very hard story but this is this is who you are right and thank you so much for sharing oh this with us no no of okay. course of course I'm so sorry. Do you, should we get a tissue yeah thank you thank you so much I just don't talk about this because yeah. it's you know I'm just grateful to be able to be here and like be able to be here with you and to be able to be talking about like bigger even bigger uh, topics later on I'm sh- like we will be discussing yes. like worldwide topics <laughs> that's like super important but you know I don't really talk about it so of course every time I, I think about it or I think you know brings me back yeah. which is you know this is what happens yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah, no of course of course um, and so yeah so wh- your mom then my had- mom had to p- so I don't think that helped her healing because he probably well was depressed that she was sick um Mm. and like I said like 
our dad was always present. He was always there. He was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when my mom passed away, that, can you imagine when my dad passed away? I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but at least I had my mom. And then like when my mom passed away, I felt very uh, unprotected, exposed, and so vulnerable. Yeah. No, of course. And then our aunt took us and brought us to the Philippines. I had a house, you know, I was with my brother. It was like, you know, living like a, like how a child should be. And then she brought us to the Philippines and um, it was very difficult growing up with them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, they were not cool. They were like very abusive verbally, physically, emotionally, mentally, like, all of it (laughs) and so you used art as an escape yes so I would just sit quietly trolling you know trying not to be in anybody's way or say anything at all because everything I would probably say would be like used against me or you know they were very 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 difficult to grow up with (laughs) and how old were you Uh, 10 until I was 15 and then I ran away because <laughs> I couldn't I was gonna I mean technically I was supposed to wait until I'm 18 but it was just like the last straw like my aunt had uh, like a bottle a glass bottle and she was hitting me with it it was just too much yeah, already yeah. you know it was too much already like I've already been uh, my hair was pulled dragged across the floor all of that growing up with like you know um and for things that I didn't do you know like as a kid like I remember so I'm so sorry if anybody from my family sees this sorry but like wish you didn't do it (laughs) wish you didn't do it (laughs) yeah wish you didn't do that but like maybe if another person or another child or another like person is seeing this if whichever side you're on the doer or the (laughs) like I don't want to say, like, victim, but, like, just a person, whichever part you're on, like, at first it's going to be okay, you just stay strong, and maybe somebody might be nicer to somebody, <laughs> you know, whoever they're not being nice to might be nice to somebody. Were you close with your brother? Yeah, growing up, I was close with my brother because of what happened, so that kind of bonded us. Um, yeah, so I had to leave him first because mm. I ran away. Um, first I, uh, stayed with my other aunt, but then that was also not a good situation. And then I had to stay with my boyfriend and it was really okay in the beginning, but, um, I guess our age difference wasn't a match because I was still growing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was still becoming a person. I I technically was kind of like, you know, seeing it from this perspective, I really was a child at that time. I didn't feel like it Mm because I had to grow up fast, but like, just you were a baby (laughs) yeah yeah growing up um made him probably feel insecure and like there's no excuse at all to hurt another person and unfortunately um he did physically hurt me so I had to leave that was also a very difficult process maybe also if somebody out there is in a abusive relationship it's so hard because after that you're okay and then you hope that it's not gonna happen again and it does happen Mm -hmm. again and then next time it might get worse Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and that's how like accidents happen 
you know, like, first of all, this shouldn't happen. But no. then, like, just, it's a cycle. So you have to really be strong if you want to break out. Like, you know, don't allow anyone to hurt you. And if they do, then you shouldn't be with them. That's all. It's so simple. But it's hard, but I think that, like... Wow, there's so many topics we're talking about right now. No, I, I think that this is such an integral Ooh, part of your story. Oh and I, I think that this is going to be really inspirational to maybe viewers that are going through something similar. Okay. You know, it's... That's true. Yeah. I think you can really help people with oh, this story. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you for, <laughs> for sharing. So you're putting yourself through school. Yeah. You're freelancing as an as artist. As an artist, yeah. So that's where I was doing like album covers for bands and working with uh, labels and advertising agencies so that I could like buy paint. <laughs> and then at one point I also was modeling for hair. So okay. like I had really like unique hair looks at the time where I would just cover my hair with a jacket because um it's a conservative school this um, is in the philippines. this is in the philippines yeah i went to college in the philippines okay yeah uh, i took a fine arts majoring in advertising and i was putting myself through school with freelance work and yeah that <laughs> that's, that's kind of like what happened i ran away so that's so incredible that you were able to put yourself in school, work, and you, this is you're still so young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. I was. I remember being in school, being spaced out, like in the morning because of what was actually. I was in survival mode, like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then plus, I had to get good grades and like finish college because like I had to prove. I wanted to prove to myself that like nobody could say anything about me. Like I did all of this. Yeah. <laughs> like even my family, I ran away from them. So this is what I'm capable of without like negativity mm -hmm. but then also I still had to go through more challenges unexpectedly you know mm -hmm. um leading to where we are I guess totally yeah. so can you talk a little bit about your move to the U.S. and also the start of the connection between what you were eating and also your values so it sounds to me like you you're from from even just meeting you even a few months ago I can see what a big heart you have and how sensitive you are and empathetic you are towards other people and maybe there is a connection between some of the traumas that you've had to deal with and your ability to relate to others that are suffering whether they're humans or whether they're animals so I guess talk about after college those next steps and where your identity started to form as not only an artist but also as an activist of some sort. So the reason why I would draw all the time when I was going through all the difficult situations, I would remember how my mom would be so happy when I would draw. So I would take myself back to that place. So I would just draw and maybe through that expression, knowing that like I'm able to make these things that are super... I mean, it's an expression, so some of them were different things you know like some of them were flowers some of them were girls some of them were like creatures just different things that I could create just always expressing myself and then having a band I met Paolo Paolo's my partner in everything like everything my best friend um my oh, maybe we could get a little cameo do you want to come and say hello <laughs> come. oh yeah just because you're so wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So you meet Paolo and 
this is somebody that's finally in your life that is treating you with the respect yeah. and kindness that you yeah. deserve. It was it was a while because it took a while because of course I was a traumatized person. Oh, I found out that I was traumatized when my classmate came up to me and tried to high five me and I docked oh my gosh I just was so shocked at my reaction like that's not normal Mm. like why would I if I see a hand like that you know that's what I was like that was it that was like it's so funny to think that that was one of the more significant ones than me actually being physically bruised up just like thinking That it was deeper than just like, that's when I realized it's deeper than just my wounds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway. But yeah, so going back because uh, Paolo is very patient because you you couldn't, (laughs) you couldn't like do that. I would be like all the time. Of course. And I know that like that kind of, kind of like was like, what's up with this person? She's so like. Closed or so cold. No, it's a normal reaction for somebody that's gone through the traumas that you've gone yeah. through. How could you not? Yeah. You know? Yeah, but like, I, that's why also, like, con- in connection to the animals, when I see like a video of like oh. a dog that's like, <laughs> like under the tire barking and like, and then like after three days, they're cool, they're fun, they're happy, they're like, oh my gosh, they're them. That's how I feel. You see yourself yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Where then, like once your patience with someone and you love them um they can re- heal return to their original state i was going to say but like heal is shorter <laughs> but like return to their original state which is how i feel like i can express myself once. that is such a good point where you see some of these dogs or cats that were abused yeah. and then after a while yeah. with time they're with happy kindness. again yes kind the power of kindness the power of of love it's <laughs> like an abused creature mm-hmm. is not irreversible mm-hmm. like <laughs> yes i've probably been through so much like yeah. i mean i know there's so many more people suffering too but you know and their strength also inspires me and like even mentally verbally like the things that my aunt would say about my art or like it's it was also very manipulative as well like she would mm-hmm. on the surface um say oh but I encouraged your art because I paid for this and paid for that like when you're in like but that's because you want to show people on paper that's like so like mm-hmm. it's so obvious it's right. not even like if you would actually maybe if we go reverse back to the time and Jamie you would knock on the door and be like did you hear screaming last night <laughs> to the neighbors and they'd probably say yes because that would be oh me my gosh. trying to like get, get free from it, that like, isn't anyone gonna call 911 here in the Philippines mm. <laughs> they're like a freaking 911 here but like there wasn't unfortunately mm. but whew, you should have never in the, in had the to go through that you should have never nobody should ever have to go through that and the fact that you were able to uh, come free of that and and save yourself from that I mean it's it's devastating I it's I it, there's no words for it really I mean it's it should never happen it shouldn't happen to people it shouldn't happen to animals it shouldn't happen to anyone no it's like keep your hands to yourself so when you see some of these horrific videos oh, of yeah. what happens to the animals talk about what's going through your mind oh yeah I just feel so bad <laughs> for them um what goes through my mind is I wish that I could just like open all like just run in and open all the cages and just set all the animals free Mm -hmm. and and in the beginning when I see that 
these animals are suffering. Mm -hmm. And then I go through that whole train of thought where I just want to open all the cages again and like let them all go free and then figure out where they're going to go. And then knowing that there are actual humans that are actually doing good, it, 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 yeah. Oh, makes my heart okay again because it like breaks your heart but like makes it whole again and then just trying to help and trying to create awareness that's like the main thing that we can do I guess mm-hmm. at this point and being patient with people that aren't there yet mm-hmm. because it doesn't help when um, when people that you're trying to convince feel like they're being the bad guys but you're, they're not the bad guys. Whoever's watching this that's not yet vegan, you're not the bad guys because you don't know yet. Because once you know, like, there's no not knowing it. You know, we know it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is not right. There's no question about it. There's no debate. <laughs> there's no debate. So I guess being patient with people that don't know yet. Totally. And I think trying to see them as allies versus enemies. Yes. These are people that can change yes. have the ability to change and be fighters and defenders for animals but it's not only I think people see the vegan movement as animal focused but it also really is focused around human rights too yeah and when you look at the people that are working inside of these slaughterhouses oftentimes immigrants people that oh have no gosh. other option yeah. it's they suffer from really horrific circumstances and they have substance abuse problems oftentimes I mean imagine killing you know 12 hours a day working long hours yeah this is not psychological abuse so wild it's so wild this is so wild guys (laughs) like what the it's so wild it's just so wild yeah how did you wake up from this um how did you go vegan okay so then I became vegan when I moved here in America again um, I moved back in 2014. Uh, we had just played at South... So from the Philippines, me and Paolo have a band, and we were invited in 2014 to play for South by Southwest. Ooh. So that was a fun thing to be able to play our first show here again. And like, what? Me coming back to America for the first time. Like, I remember like just at the airport being like, oh my gosh, this is like my land. <laughs> you know, like, whoa. So then we moved back here. We moved back here in 2014, and then the I guess what happened to me, I would consider like my body was adjusting to everything because I felt bloated. I felt like my face broke out. I was getting rashes. Like all these things were happening to me physically. I guess kind of psychologically as well because coming back again, you know, like Mm -hmm. and adjusting to the culture, culture shock and. Figuring out, figuring out where things are, like directions and everything. I don't know, just everything. But primarily, what I was consuming is where I felt there was something not right. So I like to drink a lot of coffee. I like to have milk. I used to like eat cereal in the morning, the milk before in two thousand when I first first moved here. That kind of like just made me do some research about health. Um, and then in 2016, that's like when I just was like, there's something <laughs> up with this whole meat stuff, you know? Mm. So then I did more research and then I realized like, we're not supposed to, like, our bodies isn't 
our bodies aren't really meant to be processing it because you don't feel well after and when you consume food that becomes you and you're supposed like it just come it's just common sense like how um how everything kind of works how like plants work from the sun you know just basic we don't have to be like scientists to like figure it out i just felt it the last thing i actually cut out was milk which was really weird because i just you know it's so much information are you talking about health information or what happens to the animal yeah health first so that's what's very uh, interesting about it was it was started with the health like i was just intuitive with my mm -hmm. body like i didn't really consume animal products in the philippines because um i was just couldn't afford it as well but it's really interesting how some I heard it as an excuse where like living in a country like that that's like the basic food but then I was on a budget putting myself through college and I would order from a fast food restaurant the vegetables the side vegetables <laughs> for like less than like whatever cents just wow that's how I would eat like I was just eating vegetables. <laughs> There's a misconception that <laughs> yeah, it's more expensive. I, yeah. So, um, I don't know. But then also it's so abundant. Like, it's in everything where it doesn't even need to be. But it's just in everything. I just really wasn't very passionate about eating meat. I was just on survival mode. So, mm -hmm. for me to be... I was eating, like, Sky Flakes. Wow. Sky Flakes is a cracker in the Philippines. Oh. And I found out it's vegan. So, I was... <laughs> Oh my gosh i've been vegan like before like even before, before you even yeah. knew <laughs> like or at least kind of getting there but like there's no milk in it and it's really creamy so and it's oh, crackers it's cool. yeah like can we get any here or no? um yeah on amazon <laughs> i'll be ordering that yeah or at a filipino store maybe okay. or at an asian store maybe cool um anyway so i because i was on a budget can you yeah. imagine i was just eating crackers and vegetables so um but then milk though but then also i was very much drinking almond milk okay. in the philippines so you know it kind of just happened without me aware being aware of it that i was actually a vegan because i also remember a lot of people asking me are you vegan and just me be saying no but like i don't really eat animals though mm -hmm. so the milk products you think when you came to the u.s were it was making more you break like out yeah it was just like uh like the the dairy stuff and like the sugar there's also yeah. like a lot of sugar in a lot of things that i didn't know about before but just there's like a lot of stuff yeah so being me in the philippines where i was just like mostly eating plants um and like coming here having all these other things added on just react I reacted differently so mm. my body just knew I guess in the beginning and so it's then, really good to look into what ingredients are in your yeah. food I mean I at least when I went vegan I started having to read labels yeah and it's pretty easy yeah. when you look at the back of any sort of carton any sort of package all of the animal products are in bold at the bottom yeah. of the ingredient yeah. list and you start to realize you're like oh my god there's yeah. a million ingredients in this yeah. why am I eating yeah. this this yeah cannot be good for my body yeah yeah sometimes like, the simpler the better yeah very much like the very basic I bet if I asked anybody how you feel after eating it all these meat like how do you feel tonight how do you feel in how many days you're still still processing what you ate like mm. how many days ago it's like there's like a like you can smell it you can like yeah it's just like a whole thing it's like did you get a lot of pushback from those around you? Like, what was Paolo thinking at the time? And oh no, Paolo, we're on, we were like figuring it out. Like he also was, I was showing him, and like like I said, once you know, once you see it, 
you just know once you see it once you feel it you know once you know that something is good for you and something is not good for you i used to drink a lot of alcohol that also used to be a coping mechanism for me i used to drink a lot of alcohol a lot a lot a lot i remember running into somebody also <laughs> also at a music festival that was from the philippines and he was talking to the, my friend and my friend was telling him oh no, no they don't drink he was like what no like nobody can beat sarah and paula in drinking like i'm wow up like i'm gonna be giving everybody drinks i want everybody to have fun but because i was also probably you know that was just how i was dealing coping. with coping before mm-hmm. and i stopped drinking also that's amazing same time that i'm starting to become vegan because like drinking doesn't really make me feel well like it's just the how how does it make you feel and then just basic i want to have energy you know what does it mean when for example i meet you at a gig and i'm intoxicated and we're having a good time and then I don't remember you the next day you know that's like not cool but I want to feel the full experience now because before I wanted to not feel maybe when was the last time you had a drink a long time I'm not like okay 2015 is when we officially officially stopped that's so cool that's a goal of mine for sure really yes yes <laughs> really yeah I mean I have okay. a lot of alcoholism in my family and I, the same of, as what you're saying it's like it doesn't serve me it doesn't feel good and when you look at it from like a social justice lens it's almost like this is an industry similar to big yeah. ag and big meat that exploits people yeah. that nothing really good happens it's out actually of it. really bad for you like bad for you it's bad for you it's I saw an ad it was like it was just like an informational ad even it wasn't even like don't drink alcohol it was just like this is what happens alcohol outside your body and where it's used you know for cleaning for cars for automobiles for Mm. and alcohol inside your body and like all the negative effects that it does like it's not supposed to be inside your body like our body is so amazing that it heals very amazingly if you let it alone or if you take care of it that even emotionally like traumatically you know you're gonna heal it's gonna heal eventually it'll always return to like its state you know its original state but since you know you're intoxicating yourself a little bit and then you're recovering from it and then it's just like that perfect balance where you're like not at your fullest but you're but you're functioning you're okay you're actually functioning well but just there's something else you know missing yeah (laughs) I love how you said that your body returns to the natural state and you see this over and over again where you have diabetics and people with heart disease that stop eating animal products that cut it out and then suddenly their heart disease starts to reverse yeah it's gone (laughs) reverse itself in a matter of just three weeks yeah it's incredible yeah incredible and I I I, my dad is a perfect example of somebody that was pre-diabetic was on on high blood pressure pressure medication indigestion medicine and he went 90 percent plant-based cut out drinking milk thank god like there is no milk in the house whatsoever and now he's off of everything everything right everything isn't that amazing your dad healed himself right people are actually healing themselves and if you try it for yourself you can heal yourself all the information is out there you can dig deeper and see for yourself you can it's facts i feel so bad that vegans have such a bad rep especially before like even the word like i remember like people asking are you vegan like back in the day and i'm like no i'm not a vegan but actually i don't really eat yeah but i was (laughs) but i wouldn't say it i did the same thing first six months of being vegan i don't think anybody knew and now i don't shut up about it it's like i walk into a room and i'm saying to myself i'm not going to tell anyone i'm vegan i'm not going to tell anyone i'm vegan and then the first conversation i have i'm like 
hey, my name's Jamie Vegan Kurtzer. I <laughs> <laughs> know, right away. It's like, yeah. you can't you can't avoid it. I mean, I have like, stop eating animals yeah. written on my, I have vegan behind my ear. Yeah. And I definitely want to talk to you about like tattoos because I definitely want to get a tattoo from you because your work is amazing. So amazing. talk about Snow Tattoo. Okay what you're doing here, how you started it. I mean, you are a world-renowned tattoo artist. So growing up in the Philippines, where it's primarily dominated with uh, the male industry, also there's like a, it's just, you know, a different culture. But as a, as a artist, my situation was at the time, I was freelancing, I was, my art has already been exposed, like in the band scene and like, Paolo saw my art in a music store, like in a record store, on like on a poster. It was uh, my illustration merged with like the photo of a band that, like I did everything myself, so like cool. complete album package design, everything. And it won a bunch of awards too. So it was just like, the joke in the Philippines kind of was like, if you have Sarah, do your album cover art. Because it was like a whole thing with like wow. the package design. I could play around, you know, I could like tell them that I wanted to, like it could be, I could get creative, you know? Anyway. It was already kind of like known to those that are into the art and music scene. So one time, I'm like still figuring out what I'm gonna do with my life. Like I remember me and my best friend, we would make up like jokes, like make up titles of jobs, like fake jobs, like fake positions. Somebody told me that they tried to get their art tattooed, my art tattooed on them, and the artist couldn't do it and just was like, this is not a tattoo. Because it was so intricate. It was so and intricate detailed. and detailed because my thesis was um, fine lines and cross <laughs> cross hatching techniques. I was always fascinated how this actually kind of all ties together. This is so beautiful. <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and talking about this these things that I don't usually Aww. talk about. Um, bringing up things that I don't usually like. You know, things that are in my past that are just like, you know, closed chapters. Thank you for sharing it with us. I mean, this is, I feel honored. <laughs> Thank Seriously. you so much for listening. But like little, like how do you make a line? Like that was like my thesis. A line is just a series of dots, period. And isn't that like the simplest thing? But then with a line, you can make <laughs> everything. You can make, you can write a letter. You can make an artwork. You can like capture things. You can do things with like all that sequence of dots to create a line. So just that was my whole thing. And my thesis was uh, cross hatching techniques, book illustration for a children's book. Mm. And I wanted it to be in black and white because I wanted to leave like more of the imagination for the children to like color it with their minds or maybe color it if they wanted to. Not intentionally a coloring book, but more of like a mind coloring book. So that's what my style was, like line art. In 2008, we saved up and I bought my first tattoo machine and I did research on it. And like there was this, like people wanted my art tattooed on them. So I probably could figure it out. There was no female, modern female tattoo artist at the time in Manila. There's Wang Ud and she's a hundred and two three she's still alive yes she's wow. still alive but she does traditional with a thorn and she's still tattooing yes she's still tattooing in the mountains oh my god <laughs> yeah, is it vegan hundred. ink maybe because they probably use i'm not yeah it, yes i want to say yes 
but you're going to have to verify. But I want to say yes because they would use a soot for the ink. Okay. I'm not sure now because I haven't really <laughs> been that, you know, I don't have a tattoo from her to have, cannot tell the experience. What's in the ink that would not make it vegan? Like, did you have to change your ink when you first started or? So what possibly could be in the ink that makes it not vegan is sometimes there might be uh, like bone, bones to like enhance the color. It's actually, Mm. oh my gosh, I also figured out that some paints. So also if you're a vegan artist or a painter, sorry, if you're a vegan artist or painter, check your your paints too because some colors are enhanced Uh. with still animal products which is really shocking because you know some blacks to get it super black which doesn't it's not really needed have bones or maybe yeah we are in a time where people are flying rocket ships to the goddamn moon why are you still using animals to enhance a paint color yeah pigments yeah it's It's not necessary but but you know just check like some some like i know some blacks to make them black um i i just and it's all about just push of a button all of the information is at your face is this vegan does this have animal products check the labels check the ingredients google it yeah so um like lanolin for example wools sheep's wool yeah so this is not necessary anymore yeah so just double check because there's like ointments there's andy ointments that don't have that in it there's like you can just check exactly so what do you, what feeling do you get when you are tattooing and, and <laughs> after when you see your art on somebody? Talk about that. Um, so cool. I don't know. I Sometimes I feel like I'm not the one making the artwork. It's just like I am just doing it. <laughs> Isn't that, that, that almost, so weird? No, that, that actually sounds like somebody, a medium, for example, that's like translating from the spirit world to the person, right? Yeah. You're just like, it just comes to you, I guess. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's so Thank cool. Thank you so much. But yeah, I do feel like it's not me. It's, I mean, I do yoga. Okay, let's get also into your yoga. habits and your, your routines, <laughs> oh healthy advice just to give people. Well, Super cool. So you know, you what's yoga. really like interesting is I, I always say the word ahimsa. And that's like a real important word for yogis. To ahimsa you. means nonviolence, like do no harm, you know, no harm. So just what does that word mean? And if by consuming animals, are you practicing that? It sounds like yoga is a spiritual practice for you more than just even physical too. Yes, it's very much a spiritual practice for me. And I also study a little bit of Sanskrit and just like the root words and understanding like just being vegan is more than just it is the first step that you can just take to be like, this is the first form of oppression we are taught from a very young age that we can kill and eat and no, torture some animals right? and that we can love our pets. And this is it's the first form of oppression that we're taught. And by going vegan, it's like the bare minimum of just leave them off your plate. You don't have to love animals. You can just yeah. recognize that they feel pain and that they suffer and that you shouldn't harm them. Yeah. It's so it's so simple. That's like, the bare minimum. And then the next step is to get active and advocate and speak yeah. up against that. Yeah. It's challenging when your people are being taught different things, especially you see people that you love consuming this thing because they were told that they need protein from it, but like that doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense because protein comes from plants protein comes from plants and 
Well, what did that animal eat? What did that yeah. thousand pound yeah. animal eat to get as big and strong yeah. as they did? Well, let me just uh, break it to you guys. <laughs> it is plants. That is what they ate. And so instead of you going through their bodies, yeah. just go directly to the to source. The plant, and yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah. And spiritually, you are consuming life. You are yeah. not consuming the suffering. Yeah, yeah. The you violence. can really feel it. Exactly. It's so wild. Like I said, okay. I don't know if I told it to you on camera or off camera, but I feel like there's like a detox people go through first also. Like you don't be vegan. You don't like, it's not just, okay, I'm going to be vegan for a week and see if I like it. You go through it for real, like really do it and like feel it and wait a little bit because like I said, it first was about the health. So like there's a physical aspect of it first, I feel right. Cause that's like the material. That's like the most obvious thing. And then there's like the process of you already had consumed have had consumed it and the energy that goes through it and like energy is real like hello energy is real we are energy we're energy if we go back to like grade one guess what everybody we're like particles we're not mat we're not solid matter is a bunch of particles like vibrating closer together but we're energy (laughs) we're all energy and light and what okay let's pretend we're we're kids what where okay what absorbs light plants, plants. <laughs> what's our friends plants when we yeah. exhale like who helps us breathe in oxygen plants so it's it's like kind of like sensing noticing the pattern of that and then like let's pretend we're kids and you want to have some protein what is like more how would a child survive would it <laughs> run off and like haunt an animal it would just eat a plant and I'm sure to live, you know? Yep. I feel like that's how it would be. And it's just basic stuff. And that's how you know. Biologically, if you were to place a live bunny rabbit in a crib with a baby, the baby would want to play with the bunny yeah. rabbit, not eat them. Yeah. If you put a bunny rabbit in front of a tiger, a lion, or any other carnivore, that bunny would die. Yeah. Okay. We, as human Our beings... Brain, we're different. Right. We cry at the sight of blood. We feel pain. We feel bad. We have empathy. We have a moral conscious. And if we don't need to eat these products to survive, we shouldn't eat them. Yeah. But we're just so deeply conditioned. And it's so amazing to meet people like you that have also broke out of this deep conditioning. And now you just you're living your life in alignment with the values you've always had. Yeah. And just by nature, like speaking about like you were talking about that and I remembered a moment in the Philippines where um we were on a trip a family trip in the mountains and it was so beautiful and you know there's this place that like there was waterfalls like I'm trying to recall the memory and like the experience then we went to sleep and then the next morning I woke up to the sound of what I thought was a child being like Mm. yeah it sounded like a baby crying, a baby, a human baby. It sounded like a human baby. I woke up and I was like, guys, like, huh, what is that? What is happening? Like, what is it? And they were like, oh, they're just offing the pig. They're, that's the, for, it sounds like a child screaming and killing the pig. Yeah. I could hear it, it was echoing. You can hear the, the cry. I was mm. awoke. So you told me about your first experience. That probably was my first experience. Was like, if the design of this creature, like let's say we're all, let's say we don't know anything about like anything. There was no programming or anything. We're just basic, you know, back to the basic 
humans as we are now though with our intelligence as we are now and you hear like you hear that and your instincts are just like this is not right then we shouldn't then I think then that's like what's not right you know mm-hmm. like that didn't sit right didn't, with you it's just how would nature be you know mm-hmm. how would nature be I don't think that's natural and if the design of this creature is the sound of a human baby all the more that should be like alarming to yeah. not do this thing yeah. as you see a snake that has the stripes right. you know oh this might be poisonous or a red f- a red frog <laughs> I'm just like yeah you know that's like it's saying back off mm-hmm. you know so all these things are like no wait guides that we should actually be listening to maybe like right it's like where is your empathy people you yeah. know like why how do you not feel it's, for this animal that's crying out in pain yeah and yeah it's so weird what, did you eat pig that night um I don't remember maybe not because interesting yeah maybe not because there were times where I just like I said I was never really attracted to meat right and then um yeah I have another situation so that was like when I was very very young also mm. this was my my parents had just passed away also and I was going through so much so yeah. at least like all these things in my head just made me question the world more I guess uh, like observing what was happening and just like I I felt like I had to protect myself all the time so just being more aware I guess of that but then also seeing that why is it okay though why are you guys I don't understand and then it's like a programming so I wasn't really vegan but then like just there were those little moments and then I remember one time um this is me more adult going to the province and you know how there's like chickens and stuff around (laughs) and I remember um we were eating and I just like was eating a chicken wing (laughs) and I just realized that it was like I just saw it alive Mm. like I just saw it connected to the like the wing just had a body and was a chicken and I just remember dropping it and like walking away wow (laughs) so I remember just like being turned off by things like just being turned off you know that's you are so connected to just the world around you that's amazing that that happened because there's people live in cognitive dissonance they they are holding a chicken wing and they don't even think that it comes from a bird they just think oh let me have you know a 12 piece chicken wing from buffalo wild wings and they don't realize that a bird only has two wings that's six birds that you had to kill to just get a meal yeah Yeah. a gross meal that's bad for you the planet and the animal so anyway that's amazing that you had those experiences yeah so like those really stuck with me like I, I also had experience eating it with like a so it doesn't even it's not even um until it's not even limited to animals like mm-hmm. I had the same experience eating a we have like they're in the Asian countries you also eat sometimes crickets and stuff mm-hmm. also happens to me with, with a cricket that. yeah like wow. but I used to love that before when I was a kid because the flavor but like it's not come to think of it it's not even the flavor because it's just dressed up yep but if that had no dressing that would not be ap- appealing to your palate mm-hmm. totally you put anything in oil and fry it up and yeah. it's gonna like probably taste pretty good so For those that are looking for some advice and those that are looking for healthier habits, what do you think are some things that have helped you in your vegan journey and things that just help you mentally and and have helped you overcome everything that you've been through? Let's start to kind of wind it down and wrap it up. Okay. I think that's a really important topic. Yeah. So what has helped me? um, Supportive people around me, actually. 
because my brother is also vegan um his wife is also vegan paolo my partner is also vegan so just having that and then you know i had friends in the philippines that were vegan when i wasn't vegan at the time and i just remember them you know I think it's very important for for vegans that are already vegans to hold that hope because I just know that she was just like holding on to the hope that I would eventually change, you know, mm-hmm. like just remembering my friend who's a yogi that was a vegan in the Philippines. Yeah, just take care of the planet, take care of everybody. It's not even about it's not even about me. Like yeah. me being vegan isn't about me being a vegan. Me being a vegan is about me making the choice every day yeah. to choose a better product. Also to be aware and also updated. Like be updated, guys. It's yeah. so 2022 and you're still saying that you need to get your protein from animals. No offense, but that's like old news. Yeah. Like that's not even a thing anymore. That's not I don't even like very rarely do I hear it. And then if I do hear it, I just feel super super sorry like that you still think that way, but then I can't blame you because you were told something else by somebody that has authority. And like one time I remember just talking to somebody and she was like, well, it's just egg. And I'm like, that's a chicken's baby, for example. Like Mm -hmm. that's a chicken's baby. That's a chicken's egg. Like how would you feel if someone took your baby away from you? That's it. How would you feel? Like as a person, like is it right to take somebody's... I'll take your phone and that would not be right, you know, yeah. and this is something that came out of another. This is their baby. This ha, is their. Yeah. How about in the dairy industry yeah. where <laughs> baby male wild. calves yeah. and baby girls are separated immediately at birth from and their they mothers. Have feelings and yeah. it's an energy and it, like it's an energy. They have feelings. They feel it and you're going to consume it. And then that's why. I, oh, there. That's why I think that there is a disconnect mm-hmm. that I just thought of today. I think that that's probably where the disconnect is because of also maybe the anger or the sadness that the animals go through before they meet their their end and then it gets passed on to the the humans maybe yeah maybe. and then maybe it's just like in denial right uh, like it's too much that like that just like turn like there's a switch button that turns off well it's like as a human you have to then look inward and be like i was wrong all of those years i remember having to look at myself and be like I this is wrong and I need to change and sometimes change is very difficult but you bring up a good point too where it's like you don't have to be a doctor or even a nutritionist some of these people don't even know what the hell they're talking about like doctors that are giving people and patients with heart disease and diabetes diets to follow that are heavy in animal products like I'm sorry but like what nutrition are you studying and it's so weird. I really don't understand. They just give people medicine. It's an industry. It's a money-making yeah. industry. And okay. that is, that is, so when you actually look at the science, the peer-reviewed studies, World Health Organizations have come out and said, you can survive off of a plant-based diet at all stages of life. And you can thrive off of it. And we're seeing it yeah, over and over again. I feel much better. Well, if you're eating goddamn potato chips and Oreos all day, oh, yeah. don't blame it on the vegan diet. And maybe if raw works for you, great. But like also don't expect to eat blueberries all day and yeah. feel amazing. Like yeah. you have to eat a variety of foods, and yeah. I don't know. And about there's you. so much variety. Right. There's more variety of plant-based items that come from the ground that's supernatural that doesn't harm anybody. Do you oh. take vitamins or nutrient? Your- so I really like to balance my meals, and I really like Talk to have a lot of uh, less processed because, like yeah. you said, just because something is a vegan option doesn't mean that it's healthy for you so if you're going to talk about health you got to be aware of that too it's also reach research that you can do i feel much better being a vegan i mean it's not about me it's about the planet 
it's not just about the planet. It's about the energy and the impact that it makes beyond my life. You know, like you would do it either way if you didn't feel good. You're saying, yes, it's beyond me. But the impact that it has had on my life has been extremely beneficial. I feel happier knowing that I can make a difference with the little steps that I take personally as me living my my life as an example just living my life and whoever I meet you know maybe that influence others just by an example and the impact that that has on more people like for example when we did the PETA event it makes me feel better just being a vegan knowing that it's environmental it's the animals it's human to human humans taking care of humans hey you should be a vegan because you know that's not you're not supposed to be eating that also animals you're saving lives by not supporting these companies because then eventually if one person hello one person plus another person plus another person plus it's like my lions it can have a big impact it's just one dot but one dot after one dot after one dot makes a whole line can make a sentence can make an image can make art and affect people So being one vegan, living my life and maybe influencing another person to become a vegan, you know, it's just every day to still continue to make that choice, to still do what you think is good, even if no one's watching. Mm, I love that. Because you're watching you. Yeah. You're, You're aware of what you're doing and like the choices that you make, you know, you're just aware that, oh, I chose this. Like nobody can see you when you do these things like as an individual, like picking up a piece of trash and putting it in the trash bin. It doesn't make a big difference, but it makes a difference about who you are and like setting an example for yourself, even if no one's watching. And if somebody's watching, then you might even be a good influence to them. And the little things add up. Yes. You pick up that one piece of trash one day, likelihood is you're going to pick up a piece of trash another time and uh, it accumulates. Yeah. A saint is a sinner who never quits. A saint is a sinner who never quits. We, we can all easily be sinners at every given moment. I can, sure. like, you can be a sinner, like, right now. You can just say something, like, not cool. Yeah. It's easy. But, like, to be mindful of how you speak. Be mindful of the impact that you make. That, like, everything is a vibration. We're all energy. Like, it, it's, like, bigger. And self-reflect and be able to take accountability for your actions. Yeah. I feel like so often when I'm speaking to people about eating animals, they get very defensive. Yeah. And it's, it's like, take accountability for yeah. your actions. Yeah. It's, like, why do you get defensive about something? Why does it make you feel guilty? Ask yourself that, too, maybe. So is it, like, in your subconscious, you know, and you're choosing not to acknowledge that? Mm. But then also, I was also not a vegan before. Right. And either. it's okay that you're not a vegan now, but you can choose to be one like now. Maybe when they get defensive because, like I said, they know deep down inside that it's not right and they don't want to acknowledge it. But then also know that some, there were other vegans that were non-vegans before that are vegans now. And I am not a perfect person. Like I said, a saint is a sinner that never quits. I used to drink alcohol before. I used to not be a vegan, like yeah. to put it more simply. And that, I feel like, has the biggest impact on the world you can't end you know all the sufferings of all the peoples maybe in the future I can like help also orphans you know like it doesn't it's there's a lot that we can do but then every day you can choose a vegan product that's what you can do Mm -hmm. so I might not be able to open all the cages as I want to Mm. but I can choose 
to have oat milk in my latte and it's yeah. yummy it's you a know? simple change and it, it's so amazing that everything that you've been through you have come out to be such a caring compassionate person that you care so much of outside of yourself and it's really inspirational because a lot of people could just go the complete opposite way and you let the traumas bring them down and let the traumas take over them really and it happens you know you see a lot of people with addiction issues because of it you see a lot of people that are nasty and mean and and harmful to the world because they feel revenge full because of what happened to them but you've done the complete opposite and you're just doing everything to try and make the world a better place just the little steps I mean Jamie your podcast and things that you do on Instagram and you going up to people on the streets and you being super active thank you, thank you for doing that I mean I'm just you know in my own way in my little way which I think that you know let that be an example to people that, you know, you can do it in your own little ways. Like I'm not on the street as Jamie is like chasing people down or trying to convince other members of my family or, you know, like people, you know, but the little ways you can, you can. And thank you for creating that awareness to people. And I'm sure meeting you like people makes them think about what they're doing and their choices. And the, the things that you do are reaching so many people. And we need all different styles of activism, all different sorts of people fighting for this cause. I mean, even just through your art and through your tattoos, I'm sure you mentioned to people, you know, about yeah. many different social issues. And so we need it all. We need it all. And what are the next steps for you? What is the future looking like for Snow Tattoo and for you? Um, more tattooing, yeah. <laughs> more art more songs you can check out my bands on like wherever all the streaming media sites like you know itunes amazon spotify. everywhere spotify yeah awesome awesome people definitely go check that out and where can everybody find you how can they get in touch through snowtattoo.com for booking appointments um also on instagram tiktok everywhere yeah <laughs> Yeah, I try to be more active on social media, but you know, it's it's yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm here. Yeah, you yeah. do a great job on social media. Everybody <laughs> should go follow you oh at Sarah Gogler. Thank you so much. And check out some of the tattoos that you're doing, some of the work. Book a tattoo, guys. If you're looking for a tattoo artist in New York City, you have found your girl. <laughs> She's sitting right in front of me. Her work is absolutely incredible. And are you able to design something based on what people tell you they're looking for? Or yes. do they pick from a preset? Yes. Mostly it's custom design. So cool. So I would actually, you know, get to know my clients and uh, hear their stories and the meaning behind the tattoos and then translate that into the artwork that then becomes their tattoos. So it's cool. mostly custom design. Sometimes I do freehand on the body, straight on. Um, sometimes there's a stencil. It all varies. Cool. Oh, my God. Well, amazing. <laughs> this has been such an honor speaking with you. Thank you for telling Thank us you. your oh, story. Yeah. Turbo Goth. That's the name of my band. Follow Turbo Goth. Follow Snow Tattoo NYC. Follow me, Sarah Gogler, and on TikTok, Sarah Gogler Official, I think. Okay. Okay. Do, um, do you have any shows coming up where people can see you live? Yes, but I have yet to announce them, so oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> keep in touch. I mean, stay tuned. Follow her pages yeah. and you'll be able to. I'll be at the first show if oh it's gosh. here in New York. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh. 
I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> thank you so much, Jamie, for having me. Thank you. And thank you guys so much for listening. And um, you can follow me at It's Jamie Logan. The podcast is at It's Jamie's Corner. And until next time, bye. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>